0: Dear readers, aliens, and creatures, welcome to the Plots and Reviews podcast, where we discuss, dissect, and critique books and other plots, sometimes calmly, sometimes not. I am your host, Brie. Now settle in. We're about to begin. Episode 5. Hello readers, aliens, and creatures, and other associated beings. Welcome back to this segment. Today we'll be doing When She Reigns by Jody Meadows. We are at the final book of the Fallen Isles trilogy. And I may make this into one. And we'll include the read-through. Or maybe I won't. Let's see what happens. So... I am going to give you a brief overview, and then we're going to get into the book. Okay, so what has been going on in the Fallen Isles in two minutes or less? We have Mira, who was born as the representation, basically, of what is known as the Mira Treaty that was created by what is known as the fallen isles to help them have peace and cooperation amongst each other the fallen isles are actually fallen gods um which fell from the sky landed in the water and they became islands uh there are seven of them six seven of them and they they had several conflicts since then now mira um, is a lover of dragons, and these isles have dragons. And we we're told that one of the goals of the Mirror Treaty was to protect the dragons that are thought of as the children of the gods, because the gods love them. Mira is obsessed with dragons, and she ends up putting herself in trouble, even though she is the representation of the Mirror Treaty. When she discovers that dragons are going missing. Because she insists on finding out what's happening and standing up for the dragons and speaking out against it, which is very much contrary to her usual behavior or the fact that she would just go along with what she was told, she is sent to what is known as the pit. So this pit is actually considered like the worst prison and it is located on the island of Kulani. Now, Mira, as a representative, an ex-representative, or the representative of the Mira Treaty, she is actually um, from the twin islands of Damina and Damian. I'm just going to go with that because I think it's always important to see how much you remember about, like, of names and characters, just to see how much a story sticks with you. So if it's wrong, it's wrong, okay? Moving right along. So she's from the twin island of love because these are the lovers and the pit is located on the island of kulani which is like the island of warriors and they have all of these warrior related skills and strengths and so on while she is in the pit and being also badly ill-treated she actually um, meets up with this guy named aru who is from the island of oh my gosh i'm obsessed with it idrisi yes he's idrisi of idris and the idrisi hold silence as sacrosanct so if we're to go over the aisles let's let's just do that really quickly we have the mina and damian that are all about love kulani kulan who is um a warrior we have idris idrisi the idrisi people They're all about silence and the importance of silence and so on. Bhopal focuses on shadows and the contrast between lights, light and shadows and so on. Anahira is all about destruction and darkness. And Harta is all about fertility and kindness and avoiding wars and not being mean and so on and so forth. So these are the islands. Now, there is land, like an actual, like major land, off the coast of these islands, which is known as the Al Algati Al- Empire. There was a war several hundred years ago between the Fallen Isles and the Algati M- Empire. And the Fallen Isles, they were able to maintain their sovereignty. However. We are being told that it seems like the Algati Empire is now ready to take over the Fallen Isles once more. And this is because the Algati Empire has not stopped growing, it has continued growing. And now it seems like, you know, the Fallen Isles are a wonderful new location to expand into. The Isles, they're fallen stuff. So we're concerned that they may want to come and take over these Isles. And make them into the very bland, very basic Algati Empire, allegedly. So that's basically it for what's going on, what the Isles are like. Now, in book one, we know that Mira ends up stuck in the pit and she makes friends there and she's trying to figure out how she can get out. She went from being someone who knows nothing to actually having to learn. To think for herself, interact with people and realize that not everyone is going to love her. Although she still wants that. And she is trying to get back to her land to save the dragons. She's always about saving the dragons. And to help her new friend, Aru, um, get back to his family. But it things don't work out as well as she'd like. In book two, she has managed to get out um she ended up getting back to the pit because she doesn't obey orders and we see her develop what seemed to be these magical abilities this is because she didn't have the ability to be extremely charming and engaging that normal dummy nuns whatever people have But she has this other ability, which she's able to control light from what is known as the Norr Stones. Now, these Norr Stones give sort of uh, a sort of static electricity, this like static light and the dragons love them. So she's able to manipulate the light and like do stuff like create like wings with the light. I don't know. Like, okay, girl, do you? Anyway so she ends up back in the pit but this time she brings her two friends along with her oh my gosh so she drags these two besties that she has back into the pit they work out something for all of them to escape so this would be her her best friend bodyguard right rito her best friend sister alina alina her best friend like sister sort of like sister wing sister because they both have dragons that they've been training since small and they're like oh we're, we're sisters um uh, Aru the Idrisi guy um Garel the bell. she is a warrior and an almost warrior who is from Kulani and or Kulan and Chebe Cheben, Chiba. I forgot her name Chenben, ben chenna chenna maybe it's chenna i'll check when i'm doing the read through it doesn't matter you'll know who she is so she who represents the lumen is part of the other council of bopa uh so they managed to get all of them out they're there they're running through the jungle we learn more about their powers so aru is able to make everything go completely silent mira is still there playing with the lights and creating things with the lights uh garibel whatever being from kulani she can like control she has a lot of strength and she's an amazing warrior um shiba shenba shaba she uh has she's able to control her shadow and like disassociate her shadow which is really actually like really pretty cool her shadow can become like a separate entity from her and like fight while she is fighting it's awesome anyway uh, and anyway, so they're there, they're fighting, they manage to escape, but they allow these other cycles to escape, and we have this whole story of them trying to escape, blah, blah, blah. They make it back to the Mina, and they're able to find out that this treaty wasn't made to necessarily give power over to the Algati Empire as Alton, who was the warden of the prison and who was taking care of, well, basically making Mira's life miserable, he thought that the treaty was actually made to give hand over the Fallen Isles to the Elgati Empire. But uh -uh uh-uh, 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 that's not the case. It turns out that they were betrayed. So the treaty was actually made to give power to one of the islands. Which one do you think it is? Anahira, the destroyer. So it was made to give power to that. So Mira, of course, has this whole heart attack breakdown with her father, who apparently wrote the treaty and organized it. So she's like, I can't believe you did this. <laughs> so that that's a whole conversation that happens in book two. And then in book three... They have realized come to realize that they need to go to Anahira where everything is brewing because the current ruler of Anahira, the Paero, it's not a pharaoh, it's the Paro. Anyway, he is doing something, so he is collecting all of the dragons, he seems to be sending a few to the Algati Empire. He is killing the leaders of the other islands and he's trying to push this narrative like we should all subject ourselves to one friendly, powerful island and why not make it us, Anahira? (laughs) So they are trying their best to put a fork in this, right? Because they've been betrayed several times. Mira had another friend at the prison that she believed was like her friend turns out that this girl had been practicing to be Mira while Mira was in jail so that they can still use the image created by the treaty person the treaty representative the Mira representative so she was pretending to be her she becomes kidnapped and all of these leaders the remaining leaders are being gathered to anahira where this like one man is and he's been organizing all of this you'd think that be enough trauma right like really people are being killed left right and center all of this is happening what can basically go wrong what can go wrong is the fact that the reason why the dragons are going all psycho the reason why everything seems to be falling apart is that the gods Are ready to give up on these fallen isles people. The gods are like, listen. We have given you superpowers. okay? We have allowed you all of these abilities. All we wanted you to do is to follow the things that we wanted you to follow. And to make life good for everyone. And you effed it up. So you know what? We're leaving. And you'd think, right? Like, oh, okay. (laughs) They're leaving. They're not like literally. They're literally leaving. Like, the islands get up like this stand up and out of the water they like come out of the water i was like what (laughs) i thought that was cool also anyway so the islands get up so naturally if the islands are getting up all of the people who live there are falling off and because hello major earthquake and these things are huge like the islands are huge so, people are falling off and dying. We have a case where the first island to get up is Idris. He's like, I'm, you know, F this. This is sh- shit. I, I, you know, I'm I'm not about this life. I just wanted silence. And I wanted you guys to, like, realize how important silence was. You couldn't do it. So, I'm out. So, he just gets up. And naturally, Aru's family dies. So, we're like, Haha, how tragic. Turns out that they don't. But... That's another part, so yeah, so amidst all of this, dragons disappearing, us figuring out what's happening, Mira wanting to save the dragons, losing some of her family members, having to take care of her younger sister, everyone else becoming like completely distraught, wondering what they can do, Mira deciding that we're gonna bring back we're gonna have to bring back all the dragons here so that the gods stay. The gods being like,, we're not about that life, I'm bored, I want to leave i'm fed up a few humans." it's a mess so now book three let's let's do this yeah this is a bit long but you at least you have a sense of what's going on right okay good book three basically this one was meh it wasn't terrible it was just an okay read like it was satisfying but it wasn't like oh my gosh I have been fulfilled. Yes. No, it was just like, yeah, this this was a good read. Um. My PSA is, please give your characters a future. And this is something I'm going to go in a little later. But I didn't feel like these characters had much of a future. I couldn't see them beyond when I closed my book. And I, I find it sad that you are going to create her whole world, have create these people, you know, write three books, and then basically make their make their lives meaningless once the person closes the book. That's so sad. That's like why? Why why would you anyway? Going over. So the official title is When She Reigns. My title is The Final Drama because Mira is a drama queen. She's very unnecessary. The author, as we know, is Jody Meadows. The publisher is Harper Collins. Uh, my favorite character was the Celestial Dragon, who was awesome. Awesome. AF. Like, wow. The Celestial Dragon. Awesome. I feel like a Celestial Dragon. Okay, I am, okay. Moving along. Type. It's a book series, Fallen Isles series, and I rated it as a 4 out of 5. The blurb. So it actually took me a while to write this review. uh, Mainly because I wanted to compose my thoughts. And figure out exactly what went wrong for me. Because there are a lot of things that I really liked. I thought were well done. Like I like the world. I like... The focus that the author placed on dragons but i don't know so the plot itself is interesting uh you have a young woman who is treated unfairly and must learn to survive and thrive on her own against all expectations like all expectations like i had no expectations for this woman like zero after book one i was like wow you're still alive anyway against all expectations she manages to make and keep friends with people who are far different and far more capable than she is, like super far more capable than her. It is a hopeful trilogy which seeks to inspire readers to do better when it comes to showing compassion and care. It's a series that focuses heavily on loving dragons, which as a dragon myself, I approve. Oh, go dragons. But it has a dubious message regarding family. And I found this strange. Uh i play with it because we have a few instances of characters losing family members and there almost seems to be like a shrug like you're just shrugging it off but we're we're i'll circle back to that so in book three things are beginning to make sense and fall into place. The friends have arrived on Anahira where they must learn about what is happening to the Isles and the Mira Treaty. They must also put the final parts of saving land, people, and dragons together, their final plan. There are still more secrets to be unveiled and questions to be answered regarding the location and safety of Mira's and Histro's parents, Kelsin who is a little dragon that they befriended in like book two and what remains of the luminary council like they lost Kelcin in book two to altan and he's now holding this little baby dragon hostage they intend to find out all they can about what the f- piero of Anahira's planning, enlist the aid of the Algati Empress, because you know she has nothing else to do what with you know taking over her whole empire and what's not. And return with the bones of the firstborn child and most beloved of the gods, the celestial dragon. Woohoo! It's a pity that things don't go quite as smoothly, obviously. But we do see how much of how much their powers have grown and the culmination of Mira's powers basically as a channeler of energy and light from that little new the nur stones that i mentioned previously so she makes like a bunch of things with them she controls them she can make them be hotter colder and so forth this is an interesting point because i i wondered we know that that um a rule can silence nur stones right he he can silence everything and when alton was torturing aru he put the north stones into this like bucket thing and put alton's feet no aru's feet in the bucket aru's the idrisi guy but then they exploded and they like messed up aru's feet and What's her name? Mira was always like, Oh, it's Alton's fault. He really hurt a blah blah blah. But the author never corrects us and corrects her perceptive that it was probably her. She got so worked up and in the midst of her anxiety, she blew up those north stones on her little boyfriend's feet. But we're never told that. It's just like ah, me now. And it's like, girl, who else did it then? Because all he does is bring silence. That's it. Anyway, they have not had an easy time of it all, everything, but they are doing their utmost to save their people. All of this is very interesting, but the execution of parts of it were strange and uncomfortable, and I'm still trying to figure out why, like honestly still. I mean, apart from my intense dislike for Miro, the useless being of the universe, I And with her, I I have a problem with her priorities. She has the most messed up priorities. And she's so pathetic. It's painful. But she's... I don't know. It's like you... I don't know. I don't know, man. I I don't like her. A lot has happened, but it was somewhat underwhelming. Meh. The Observations. for my observations uh i had a few the first is i don't believe the author was really able to connect with her characters i don't feel that they were pushed to their fullest potential and most of their interactions and emotions seemed stunted and this was specifically geared towards everyone who wasn't mira it almost seemed like they were all somewhat uncomfortable you know like when you go over by someone's family, and you don't really get along or you don't really know them, and you just haven't been made very comfortable in the house, and you're just there, and they're staring at you, you're staring at them, and like your friend has left, so you're just there it's it's almost like that the the interactions, even among the friends, are stunted and very off there it, it doesn't come across as natural, and I found that sort of strange. Additionally, the book also ends strangely, and I have several points here. So first off, we don't know who will be the effective ruler of this new isle. Mira names the isle, but there is no hint as to her desire to rule. So after all of the gods get up, right, and Mira is finally able to do something, there is the birth of a new isle right which she names i think celeste celestina celeste anyway but we don't know if she will be the ruler we don't know who will be the ruler because we don't know who's still alive and there's no mention of her being like oh and i will become a very good ruler of this land with you my supporting friends nothing like that just like okay she's like i named this land and everyone's like yay great and then the book ends and you're like mm. So that's the first one. Aru is able to reunite with Safra, who has become like a sister, but he doesn't seem as interested as he should about his actual sisters and their passing and his mom, which is one of the things I found weird. It's like he this girl was a girl that he met and he's been helping her out, but he had sisters and they died. But it's like he... I don't know. I just found it weird he didn't really did he grieve yeah he gr- he grieved he grieved them maybe 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 okay mm. eh, let's leave that as questionable there is no mention or hint regarding shenda and Gerbel how their relationship may progress or even what their priorities may be beyond Gerbel meeting with her aunt so at the end of the book again We don't know if Shenda and Gerbil are going to continue together because they're in a relationship. We don't know if they're going to continue together. We don't know um, what their plans are. They've never expressed like, oh, I love you. I love you too. We will be together. It's just like you see them sharing sleeping quarters all the time and wanting to share sleeping quarters and being like, I will go save her. And you're like, "Mm, okay, but like, I mean, not that you need to characterize all relationships, but in this case, you know, since everyone else is doing it, author, let's uh, let's, you know, make it standard, let's standardize this. So, Hitro has lost his father, but we have no idea what his plans for the future may hold. We have never had any idea about what he really wants for the future. It's like Hiro's purpose is to be Mira's bodyguard, and he doesn't seem to exist beyond that. So it's almost like once he's not being her bodyguard, poof, he doesn't exist. I mean, we're told that he, he plants or he makes things grow and we didn't know that before. But Hitro has like no other life. He has no love interests. And Elena also has no love interests and she's Mira's like best friend. They have no love interests. It's, I don't know, man. It's just weird. Okay, so Mira has also never asked her so-called friends um what they want for the future. There's been there's never been a discussion about what they may want for the future. Which is probably why I could never believe slash accept that she was truly caring. Because we're told, oh she's such a caring person. She's so selfless. She puts herself before everyone and I'm like, uh she's self-centered, selfish, spoiled, inconsiderate, and she definitely doesn't put others before her. As we're made to believe. (laughs) Thank you. Next. So not only are the futures of the characters hidden in mystery, but there was very little in the way of romantic interest slash romance. Almost like the author couldn't see how people could be attracted to these characters, which I found weird. There isn't much... I mean, in so many of these young adult books, you have the little love triangle, which I find completely unnecessary, to be honest. But, you know. But this one, it's like, there wasn't even, like, the love was so weird and stunted like there was no there was like there were a few kisses like two or three and everything else was just like basic hand holding or in the case of it, it was almost like it's it was really almost like the the author couldn't see how people could be attracted to these characters be it physically or their personalities. And even with Chenda and Gerbil, like I said, there is nothing about how they show their affection beyond them disappearing together and looking for each other and going into rooms. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I feel that if the author didn't want to write anything romantic, it could have been avoided altogether instead of this halfway kind of thing, which was weird. I mean... As for the main romance between Mira and Aru, while I was somewhat relieved that there were no romantic triangles and her being unable to decide between the two men as I mentioned because that rage is rampant in these books, young adult books. It almost reads as though she was not sensually appearing beyond her pretty face. There were no pull, there was no pull towards her as a budding woman. I, and it's weird because she's pretty, but we're never told that, oh, um, there were however many courtiers who found her alluring. The only thing we hear is like, oh, you know, she didn't, she she had never really put herself in such a situation to have a boyfriend or to have a guy look at her or admire her. And I'm like, yeah, but they could do it anyway, you know, or like a woman admire her. It's almost like, hmm. Uh, sh- there, uh, I don't know. It's you. You can hear what I'm trying to express, right? It's just strange, and that's the problem I had with this book. It left me feeling incomplete, and I had a lot of questions and bizarre vocal reactions, as you can hear. Okay, moving on. So <laughs> the same also went for the Algati Empress, which. We are told specifically that she's not as lean as Mira because unlike the Algati Empress, Mira assumes her mother was always very, very, very on her about what she should be eating and what she shouldn't, which clearly wasn't the case with the Algati Empress. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but what is the relevance? I'm sorry. What is the relevance? I, and again don't they have appeal aren't they appealing aren't they interesting even if this algati empress didn't have like a partner partner we're not told like oh she had no partner because she was the ruling person and she she whatever whatever but there is nothing she has no no person that wants her We don't hear about her maybe being married or there's nothing. Or like her having an attraction to anyone of any gender. Nothing like that. She's just a woman who is not as lean, is chubbier than Mira and that's it. And I'm like, but aren't any of them attractive to anyone? Like besides Aru who doesn't even look at Mira in such like a sexual way. It's just like, Mira, let's kiss, hold hands. Oh this is nice. And I'm just like that that to me was just weird. And it's like these teenagers they were the most controlled I have ever read about. Their their hormones were so in check that it made me nervous. I'm like what are your hormones doing? What are they doing? The discussion. So Overall, it was weird. It was stunted. It was it made me feel very uncomfortable because their the characters weren't as full bodied as I would have liked. They had no true like appeal with relate within their relationships with each other, be it friendship or like romantic interests it was all very odd, very off and not a good way in a good way. Uh, as i mentioned none of the characters seem to exist beyond the final period of the book and it was almost like their lives stopped. Like we don't know about their future, we don't know how they plan on making it happen, we don't know if they will have a... it's just like okay, so what happens now? That i think that was the main thing about my question. What happens now? You have a new island She's named it. What happens now? And we have no idea. We don't know if they're going to continue together. We don't know if they're going to go their separate ways. And it's almost like we shouldn't care. What we should care about are the dragons. Like, okay, so, okay, people, whatever. But the dragons, like, what now with the dragons? You know, Mira doesn't understand them anymore. We had like six pages of Mira trying to meet her dragon in time to have a final connecting conversation with her dragon i was so upset i was like why am i wasting my time reading through this so i skipped anyway it's unsettling and like i said it was almost like the author wasn't interested in her characters beyond the story and it's strange because i didn't necessarily get the same feeling with the orphan queen so i don't know up to where i read I don't know if maybe that's her style, but it was, it was just off. It was, it was just off. But now over to you. What are your thoughts? Have you read any of these books? If you have, what did you think? Do you agree? Do you get the same feeling? Am I making things up? Are you also unsettled? Did you have these questions? Do you see these questions? If you haven't read the book, what do you think may be going on? Do you think it's just the author's style? I don't know. Let me know. Let me me know. Thank you for being here. It's been great having you. Remember to comment and share with family and friends. And I'll see you again next episode. Bye-bye.